everybody. It's Timmy Gibson here with you for the Timmy Gibson Show. Today, we're going to talk about finding your unicorn or finding a unicorn or do unicorns exist? <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited to, you know, one of my many uh, side hustles is I work with a singles group here in Kansas City that I uh, launched. Oh, did I start that about four or five years ago? And it was kind of uh, kind of a whim deal, to be honest. It was kind of just a whim. And then now it's turned into about 3,500 members on a Facebook group and, um, you know, quite a bit of activity. And before pre-COVID, we were doing a, an event every month and then even a, a one-off event um, several times during the, during the month, you know, a little speed dating, uh, happy hours uh, and such. Anyway, so I've been working a lot with the singles community. Uh, specifically here in Kansas city. And it, it's just made me think a lot about this whole thought, this whole <laughs> mythical idea of a unicorn, you know, everyone's looking for a unicorn. And I, I think that what people mean, uh, like I get the, I get the quote, I get, I get the phrase. I don't think people literally are looking for someone that is, perfect because that's that you know that doesn't exist and they're also the person that would be looking for a perfect person <laughs> isn't perfect so that's a little that's a little hypocritical but anyway um what what does a unicorn look like and i don't mean just physically like the physical attributes of of a unicorn because let's be honest looks are are is it subjective or objective it, you know, they're very, uh, they're, they vary from person to person, right? It's what I find attractive and what you find attractive and what Joe thinks is attractive and what Jackie thinks is attractive is different from what Shelly thinks and Rachel and Michael and Ricky and Bobby and <laughs> right. I mean, what, what, what you think is attractive and what I think is attractive is just, it's, it's varying. It's different. So uh, I've often said this and it's something I 100% believe it's not something I'm saying to seem nice or to seem like a good hearted person. It's genuinely what I feel. And that's this, that there is a match for everyone. Everyone has a quote unquote, and I am actually doing the air quotes right now. Everyone has a unicorn out there, you know, someone that is, um, their match, their quote unquote, again, air quotes, their soulmate. Okay. Cause I don't believe in the soulmate theory in, in the sense of there's one human being on this planet that is a match to you. And they live in Taiwan in a village and you'll never meet them. <laughs> right. So, but then on the other hand, again, this is, I can give you my perspective, my thoughts on this. I would love uh, to engage in a conversation with anyone that would be willing to engage in a conversation um, on my podcast. I, I love talking and having conversations with people about various topics, um, especially this, you know, love and life and, and uh, of course, faith and religion and spirituality and God and all that kind of stuff is very fascinating to me. Very fascinating to me. Um, 
but I, I think that each of us realizes that there's not an actual unicorn out there or you know, there's not, a, I would think that people don't believe in the actual legitimacy of a soul mate. But I like all those terms because I'm a hopeless romantic myself personally, and my favorite movies of all time are romantic movies. I love romantic movies. I love romanticism and the thought of love at first sight and being swept off your feet and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I think that stuff is and then probably that comes from my love of movies, but why, you know, why do I love movies or why do you love what you love? I, you know, a lot of people love a good story. A lot of people love a good story and, and a lot of people really love and resonate with a love story. And I know for me personally, I would like to have a magical, um, romantic love affair, you know, with someone that we ride off into the sunset on a stallion. I mean, that, you know, that's as the, you know, or, or that, you know, we're riding together along the, the beach and the horse is, you know, just enough in the water that the water is splashing up and, you know, she's wearing a, a white long dress and, you know, and I'm wearing leather pants and <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, I, uh, I, I, I think most people, I would think, I would say the majority of people are that, you know, would love for that. I think that's the popularity of all the, is it Harlequin romance books? I don't even know. Is that how you say it? But you know, the, the romance novels and, and the Twilight series and, and, you know, the notebook, I, I obviously clearly, right. Clearly that interests people. And I think that maybe those, um, who are, uh, married love it because they're in a relationship like that maybe, or maybe they're not in a relationship like that. And so they, they can escape in believing that, you know, there is something beautiful like that. And, you know, if you're single, of course, you're, you're hoping and wishing and dreaming that maybe you'll have a relationship like that. Okay. So let's, let's, let's talk, let's talk, let's talk shop. Like let's, let's talk the nuts and bolts of this thing here. How does that happen? Right. Let's get out of the fairy, fairy tale, fairy tale. Let's get a, get out of fantasy land. How's that? Let's get out of the, the mythical fantasy land of unicorns and, and butterflies and cupids and all that kind of crap. And let's, let's get into the real, like the real nasty COVID now and now, like what, what does that mean for you? And what does that mean for me in finding a suitable mate in finding someone that we are compatible with that gives us the sensation or the feelings or the fulfillment of this beautiful romantic, whatever. So one thing is this, you have to be realistic. Um, it, you have to be realistic in, in the search of love. You, you have to, because you've heard that phrase, love is blind. That's actually not good. Uh, it's never good to go into any kind of a situation blindly. And so, you know, I, I was recently speaking with someone uh, today and uh, one of my, one of my clients, we were talking and. And they're, you know, really, really 
think they're really in love with this person, but there's some red flags, you know, there's some red flags. Um, and, and that's important to know, you know, that that's, that's an important piece to the puzzle when you are dating someone is to be very real. And here's, here's how you can do it. Okay. This will be such a great podcast and not because I'm doing it. I just think that, um, the things I'm going to talk about will be things that you need to hear and be honest with you. I need to hear it. Okay. So kind of going, feeding off of that phrase, love is blind. The challenge with that is, is that you can, you can fall in love with someone and not know them. And we know this to be true because you hear it all the time, right? You hear this all the time. You know, people get divorced and they're like, oh, you know, I just, I guess I never knew them or, you know, whatever. Of course, I think that phrase can also get blown out of blown out of proportion, you know, because you can really know someone and then they just mess up and then everything gets flushed down the toilet and it's like, okay, <laughs> but they had a job for 20 of the 21 years. It was just that one year that they didn't have a job. So like give that person a break. Gee, many Christmas. Anyway. Um, so love being blind is actually not a, that's not a good thing because you don't want to go into any situation where you have fallen in love with someone and then you don't know them, right? Falling in love with someone to then find out they're in major debt to fall in love with someone and to find out that they live with their parents. Um, and of course there's always exceptions to every rule. Okay. So don't, don't get, I mean, you can get mad at me. I don't give a crap, but like, you know, take that with a grain of salt. There's, there's always exceptions to every rule. Okay. And, and just, yeah, there's always exceptions to every rule, but that would definitely be a point of concern. At least for me, that'd be a point of concern. Like, well, why, why don't they, why do they live with their parents? You know? Um, uh, so debt, uh, not just, not just where they live, like with their parents or whatever, but, a, who they live with, right? If roommates, that's one thing to consider. Now, again, different ages and different stages of life, right? I mean, I'm I'm 51, so obviously someone living with their parents would be a little disconcerting. Uh, someone having a, a bunch of roommates, um, not necessarily a bad thing at all. I'm I, I, dating people with roommates; it's totally fine. But you know, can they stand on their own? Because I, I have found that one of the key elements of development, of, of self-actualization or self-growth or self-development is being alone. There is something about being alone and the growth. I, I, I am just realizing, even within my own life, I've never been alone until now. Never. Never. I went from my parents' house to a dorm room, okay, with a roommate, front to to a trailer home. You know, I was going to say an apartment, but that wouldn't be accurate. I lived in a little single wide trailer home with a roommate, and then I moved back home with my parents, and then I moved again to Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a roommate, and then when I got married. I obviously kicked my roommate out and then I had my ex-wife as my roommate, you know, my, my wife at the time. 
And then for 25 years, I had, you know, I was married and I had kids and dogs and cat and didn't, you know, I mean, it's like, and then now I live alone. And holy moly. Um, one, I'll be honest, it was treacherous. It was, it was treacherous. It was the, 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 the most difficult thing I've ever gone through ever on one hand. And then on the other hand, it was the most wonderful, necessary, needed part of my journey. I, I think all along that's, this is what I needed. And I think that I am going to incorporate this if it's not too late to already, you know, be dealing with a couple that's getting married, but to go from your parents' house into your partner's house to marriage, I'm not sure that's a good, now that works out. I'm sure there may even be someone that's married that's listening to this that says, hey, we've been married 40 years and that's what we did and it worked. So, I mean, again, there's always exceptions to every rule, but I think that everybody should live alone, spend some time alone, even if it's just a year. Matter of fact, I would say the minimum would be a year. I would say that would be good enough. I would say if you live on your own for a year, it's important. And I think it's even important to take a season of life that you not only live alone, but that you are alone. And I don't mean that you withdraw from your friends. I don't mean that. I just mean that you're alone, meaning you're not dating someone. You know, you're not staying the night there. They're staying the night here. You're staying the night there. They're staying the night here. Being able to be alone, have your own life, have your own friends have your own does that make sense so i think that's critically important so um you know if you are listening to this podcast most of the people that live to this are are i think my demographic skews you know obviously a little bit older um but for those that are younger if you're listening to this um when you get out of your parents house i would encourage you to if you can financially obviously i had roommates all through college and in my 20s because financially um it's it's important to do so uh, so you know no no shame no guilt that i mean i i did that you know here i'm a 51 year old man now so i'm i have a, a different perspective but what i'm what i'm just saying is is if you are in your 20s and you do have roommates uh it's totally fine totally awesome but i would encourage you that if you do meet someone at some point if it, if at all possible, try to hold off on just moving out of your roommate's house into another roommate's house, you know, being your girlfriend or boyfriend. Anyway, I, again, I know that's the trajectory of a lot of people. They leave their home, they go to college and then they date someone and then they room, they get roommates and then they move in with each other. And, you know, obviously that's what a lot of people have done for a, a long time. Um, but I mean, you know, look at the divorce rate. It's fairly high. I'd like to see that go down. I would like to see there be less divorce and, and more marriages that, that work out for the long haul. And, and I think that's a piece. I really do. I feel like it's important for each of the people in a relationship to, to, to spend time alone, be able to live life on their own. And I think that's part of the self-discovery. You know, I've done a podcast on that already or done an episode on that. Um, but I think that's just a piece. I think knowing who you are, knowing what you like and being able to discover that then I think helps you in a relationship um, much more than 
always being in a in a some kind of a partnership whether it's a plutonic partnership or not you know having roommates you know you, you, on one hand it's i think it's healthy to know what it's like to get along with someone else so here okay my mind is going all over the place i think there can you can go too far on either side right if you spend too much time alone like you know if you're 40 and again no judgment here but if you're 40 years 40 years old and have always been single and have always been alone ever since you left your parents house well what the challenge there is that you are not maybe well suited to to partnership you know you you've only known and have loved and taken care of yourself you've only thought of yourself you've only considered yourself you've only and again, right? I've after all the things, all the things I've just said about the importance of being alone, and now I'm flipping the side, flipping the corner, or flipping the corner, flipping the whatever. I'm going from far left to far right now. Now I'm saying, hey, there's a balance, right? I think living with roommates is great, uh, and you should. <laughs> so you're like Timmy, what the hell are you saying? You you know what I'm saying. I think you need to have time alone and I think you do need to have time of what it's like to live in a family unit. What what is it like to to live with the roommate? I I think that is important. But but remember, for most people, you grew up in a family. So you already have had the teamwork, family, how things work environment you know you 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 spent most likely around 18 years in a family with other people to consider on a team and then you move out and you just stay in a team environment you don't get the opportunity to really find yourself and discover yourself as you would if you were alone for a time and for a season again does that make sense in other words you could be so used to being alone that you're you're too hard to please like you you know you're too selfish you you only think of yourself because that's all you've ever had to think of and so you can't consider someone else that's that's going to be difficult right because one of the biggest most important pieces of getting along in a relationship is sacrifice that's one of the biggest things it, it's sacrificing your wants your desires your whatever for another person and that's another episode all and of it all together alone and by itself um but that that's yeah you know when people say well i just don't like this i'm like well then you probably shouldn't get married unless that person that you're marrying doesn't like it as well because that's what marriage is it's the joys of everything but it's also things that your partner enjoys or wants that you have to work with to be a part of. Does that make sense? In other words, it's, it's a, it's a give and take. It's a give and take again, unless you find a perfect mate that just everything you like is just so happens to be what they like. In fact, by the way, that is my definition of a unicorn. A unicorn would be someone that literally the things that you like, they like the things that you don't like, they don't like. And I don't mean that they they become a chameleon and adjust to you or that you adjust to them, though that's part of it, okay? That's part of it. That's part of a relationship, okay? Because it's very unlikely to find someone that literally their favorite food is your favorite food. Their favorite color is your favorite color. Your Their style of music is your style of music. 
You know, their interests are your interests. Now, some people say this, well, opposites attract. Well, um, yes, they do. And there's nothing wrong with someone not having the same interests and not having the same um, desires and dreams and goals. I mean, again, there's exceptions to every rule. I'm sure that there's someone out there listening to this podcast and they're like me and my partner, we're opposites and we get along great. So obviously there's always exceptions to every rule, but the research shows, the research shows it's same. It's likeness. It's like-mindedness. It's, it's the, it's, I like to be outdoors. They like to be outdoors. I like to eat healthy. They like to eat healthy. I like to exercise. They like to exercise. I like to watch movies. They like to watch movies. You know, they like dogs. I like dogs or <laughs> I like cats. They like cats or, you know what I mean? Like that, it, that seems to be from, from the research and from the statistics is the, one of the most important factors in a relationship going the distance, you know, like staying together 25, 50 years or whatever. It's having similarities. Now those can grow, those can develop, you know, you, you can grow into similarities. You know, you can be, I think the word is you can be malleable, you know, you can be flexible, um, and, and work with someone and, you know, learn to be more active, you know, learn to to rest more, to learn to, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, definitely you can learn and grow t together for sure. Um, gosh, there's so much I could say there, but you know, the unfortunate part of sometimes in a relationship, because a relationship takes two, clearly it's never just one. If the relationship breaks up, it's definitely for sure some kind of split, whether it's 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, or even 90, 10, whatever. Like it, any relationship takes two. It takes two to work. It takes two not to work. Um, for sure. That, I mean, we all know that. That that's that that's common sense. Everybody knows that. So, in a relationship, if one or the other veers off too much, off course, and for example, let's let's just say, just for example, I'm pulling this out of my ass here. Let's just say you 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 marry someone, and before you met, before you married them. They were, uh, you know, seemed active, seemed um, uh, motivated, seemed driven, had a good job, um, spent their money wisely. Okay, right? So that's through the courtship, through the dating, whatever you call it. You guys get engaged and then you get married. Then a year into the marriage, you know, she or he, whatever, whoever, quits their job. and starts getting lazy and playing games is less interested in, in getting out of the house, more interested in flipping around on Netflix. Well, one, that's a breach of contract that, that honestly, in my opinion, I would say that's, that's a, that's a, the vows have been violated. I had a count, my a counselor tell me this one time. He said, Timmy, there's a lot of way to, a lot of ways to betray a marriage. You know, when we think of a betrayal, we, there's one thing we think of typically everybody, if, if I said they betrayed the marriage, you would instantly have a picture in your mind of what that means. But the reality is there's a lot of ways to betray a marriage. Now, of course, we'd all prefer that a marriage, if it, if we're going to be betrayed, that we want it, it would be a certain one that we would pick, right? There's certain ones that we wouldn't want to be the way that we got betrayed. 
of course, of course, I think we'd probably all agree. Here's the top three worst ways to betray a marriage. We probably all come up with the same list, but the reality is, as there are lots of ways to betray a marriage. And honestly, they're all equally as bad, even though we might rank them differently. They're all just as bad. A betrayal is a betrayal is a betrayal is a betrayal. However it's betrayed, it's a betrayal. All right. So what, what, so again, going back to reversing all the way back to the whole, um, unicorn, a unicorn is simply someone that has similar interests and similar, um, a similar path. Did I finish my story just a second ago? Sorry, I'm going to jump back over there. So, you know, this person quits their job, is lazy, yada, yada. So all of a sudden it's a breach of, okay, I did. It's a breach of contract. It's a breach, you know, it's a breaking of the vows. So what do you do? Right. So you'd have to, you'd have to go to counseling. You'd have to see if that person, you know, can get back to being active again and get a job again and all that. So, you know, that, that's the tough stuff, right? That I don't have an answer. You know, I'm not, I don't support divorce. I don't, I mean, I know divorce exists. I mean, hello, I'm, I'm divorced, but I, I'm not a fan of divorce. I, I think that if you can work it out that you should, um, I'm, I'm a big proponent that if, if you can work it out, you should. Um, but if you can't then do it with as much grace and love and kindness as you possibly can. Um, and, and yeah, th- just do it that way. I mean, the, you know, the, the scriptures teach, or Jesus taught to love our neighbor or love our, and love our enemies. So, you know, I know your ex to you might be like an enemy, but you should love them and treat them as such. And hopefully, right. Vice versa. Hopefully they're doing the same towards you, but even if they're not right, then that would mean they're the enemy. So you still be loving and kind. That's, that's my, that's my thing. You gotta be smart, right? You might have to get a lawyer. I mean, of course, you, I mean, you gotta, you can't be ignorant, uh, but you also don't need to be evil too. There's there's a fine line there, and I've seen it. I've I've witnessed it. I've seen divorces that were um, one or the other or both were acting out of vengeance and evilness and and selfishness uh, for sure. And it's never good. It's never healthy, and it's never good for someone to be living out of vengeance and selfishness. And when they do, it eats away at their soul. And so, not a fan of that at all. Uh, I mean, that'll kill you. That'll make your hair fall out and it'll, it'll make you live a short life. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I personally don't have any room in my heart in my, at all. I have no room in my heart for ill will, for hate, for malice. Um, I, nope, nope. I just, I don't want it in there and I, I keep it out totally. Matter of fact, I don't even like if I watch a movie and if it gets too like vicious and hateful and I turn it off, I, I don't have any room for that in my heart at all. And so I don't like to put that crap in my mind anyway. All right. Unicorn finding your unicorn. You have to be realistic. And when we talk about love being blind again, that's not a good thing. Love being blind is not good to walk into any situation blinded by these feelings of love. And again, we we've all experienced and either personally, or we've seen it or heard about it from someone I thought I knew him or I thought I knew her, you know, they, they proved to have, you know, secrets and whatever those secrets might be, there shouldn't be any secrets between partners, between 
No, of course not. Now, I'm not talking about somebody you go on a first date with. You don't say, here's my credit score. Here's my debt to capital gains to my, you know, here's my 401k returns this year. Like, here's my, <laughs> here's my 1099. Here's my da 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 or my 1044, whatever. You know, it's like, here's my, here's my, obviously that comes later, but I would not get serious. And if you think you're falling in love, um, again, love is blind. So you would want to. And here's what's unfortunate, that love can become, love is blind, and, it, and you can get to the point where even things that, again, I'm a coach, right? So if I have someone tell me this, this, and this, and this, and this, and I can tell, oh, they've got the blinders on. They've got the love blinders. They've got two hearts over, they have a heart over each eye, and they're looking at their this partner or this person they're dating with the eyes of love. You know, my job as a relationship coach and a date coach is to help that person, like try to peel away those blinders, these love blinders and say, okay, that's fine. I know that you love her or I know that you love him, but what's their credit score? What's their debt? What's their career? What are their dreams? How clean is their house? How clean is their car? What are their sock? What's their sock drawer look like? How, what's their past history of dating? Okay, so here's the deal. Listen again. There's could be someone out there listening to me right now, and you're thinking, man, like, you know, I've been, like, I feel like you're picking on me, and maybe I am. Maybe I am. So you know, maybe I'm going to help you get your shit together, um, and, and and make some better choices. But also, I where I really think I'm going to help you is if you're blinded by love. I want to help you see it clearly. All right, we're going to take a quick short break and we'll be right back talking about finding your unicorn and we're back with finding your unicorn so i feel that i one of my roles as a date coach or even a relationship coach is often to be the voice of reason right because for me i'm not i'm not i'm not blindly in love right because i'm not i'm emotionally i'm I'm disconnected emotionally, right? I'm I'm not blinded by the love that she has for him or he has for her, right? Because I don't love them. Excuse me, I'm not dating them, right? So I'm not blinded. And see, this is stuff. Excuse me, this is stuff that that even as a as a single man myself, I have to remind myself of the teachings that I teach and the things that I believe. Because I also can be blinded by love and you can start justifying. Yeah, but he was sorry. He, you know, he was just so mad and, you know, he does, he's never hit anybody before and he, he didn't mean it. And, you know, I hear that kind of stuff and I'm like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> I am the voice of reason and I'm not blinded by, and I can't be duped, right? Like he can't fool me. She can't fool me. I'm unattached. So I'm telling you, based upon what you're telling me, get the fuck out, right? So I often am the voice of reason for my clients because they're wrapped up in the emotion of the love and they're wrapped in by the smells of love and the feeling of all the things that go with it. You know, they're swept off their feet and it's like their brain gets <laughs> foggy. <laughs> so... And this is, this goes back to a lot of what I, what I teach when I, when I tell, when I'm coaching, uh, in a coaching session, I, one of the first things I always mention is, Hey, put together a list, negotiables and non-negotiables, right? 
So what's that mean? Well, the negotiables are things like I, I want her to be five foot three or whatever. You know, I want her to be shorter than me, or I want a girl taller than me, or I want a guy that's, you know, whatever, like what, whatever it is, whatever your the negotiables, what that means is, well, she doesn't have to be that whatever, or she, you know, she, like I'll have guys go, well, I prefer blondes, but I don't care. Okay. Well, I, yes, that's great. That that's what we call a non or that I'm sorry. That's what we call a negotiable meaning she doesn't have to be blonde. I mean, that, that, that's just, if in a perfect world, if I could have anything I want, if I could literally order my bride or order my, my groom, then here's what it would be, which, which I do think that's a healthy practice. I, I would have a page in your journal that says my unicorn and your unicorn list would literally be all the things that would make up the perfect mate for you in your mind. Now, what you think is perfect for you and what actually is perfect for you actually could be different. I was going to almost say actually again, and I don't want to say actually over and over because then it would be actually too many times. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So that's the, the, the philosophy behind the negotiables and non-negotiables. I do think it's important. I really do. Matter of fact, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do my unicorn. And then if I could have everything I want in a woman, here's what it is. Okay. Now we all know, again, some of the things that we might write down. I, I met with a client not too long ago. I probably referenced her before, but she, she's tall. Like she's like five foot eight or something like that. And she, wants to be with someone who is also, um, super uh, tall, you know? Um, so, you know, <laughs> that's not always possible because she was like, I want someone who's six, two or taller, uh, a full head of hair, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's really important to be also reasonable, um, you know, so I'm sorry. I actually, I'm trying to text and talk at the same time and I'm kind of able to do it, but you can tell I'm stumbling around and my, my daughter is text. She tried to call me and now she's trying to text me. Um, anyway, so I, I apologize for my, my squirrel texting while I'm talking to you, but you know, it's my daughter. It's, She's important to me. So I want to make sure I, I got back to her anyway. So I think that list is important, but let's be, let's be real. I mean, just like this client that I was referring to, I mean, she wanted a guy with full, full, a full head of hair, six two, her age, which is late forties. And, and, and I'm just like, I told her, I said, hun, okay. That guy doesn't exist. Like, most guys in their forties don't have hair and no offense to those guys, but, but you know, most guys, but if you want a guy that's tall and has hair and has a good job and has this and, and likes this and, and want like, dang girl. Um, so yeah. Anyway, um, back to texting my daughter. Sorry. Sorry, here we go. I'm just texting her real quick. 
All right, I'm done. Okay, she was just letting me know she's coming over. All right, so, um, yeah, so having that that unicorn list, I think, is good to put out there. I really do, but but be reasonable and have two lists the the non-negotiable and the negotiable negotiable means exactly what it means it means it's negotiable it means there's flexibility there right You're, you'll move you'll move a position okay as they say now the non-negotiable list those are just that non-negotiable what what okay so what typically are non-negotiables for people what I have found, there's about five. There's about five things that most everyone, okay, not everyone, but most everyone has on their list. Now, some of these things, it depends upon the person's, it depends on each person. For example, typically the five things that are non-negotiables, he or she must have a job. He or she... um must be spiritual. But again, this is for some people, not for everybody. Or you know, some people that, you, that would be religious, right? So like if someone's a, a, a uber Christian, typically an uber Christian wants to be with a fellow uber Christian. Uh, and and I even as a coach would highly recommend that. I, you know, I don't resonate with that as you all know. But those that if in other words what's important to you needs to be something that's important to your partner. So if religion or faith or church or God or the Bible or whatever, if that's important to you, I'm just going to tell you right now, that needs to be important to your prospective partner. I would consider that a deal breaker. Now, if you're just spiritual but so open that you don't care, well, then maybe that's not a deal breaker or maybe that's not a, a, a non-negotiable you know, it's just, maybe that's a negotiable. Like, eh, I mean, if they, if they're interested in spiritual things, great. If not, whatever, it just depends on how, how important it is to you. Um, you know, having a job, being out of debt, you know, financial situations, usually that's, that's usually in the list of non-negotiables. Um, and it, it can go both ways. I know, I know for me, I mean, just personally, I want, uh, to, to be with someone who is financially, not just financially secure, but that someone that is financially, they have a career, they have, they have a job, they have a vision, they have a dream. They have, now you say, man, Timmy, but is that, is that, is that it? That's a non-negotiable or negotiable? I, I, it's a non-negotiable actually. I'm trying to think, I was thinking, really trying to be honest with myself. But what I mean by that is they could be a barista. I don't care. I mean, they could be a bartender. I mean, I don't, they could be a server. They could be a, I don't care what, they could be a cashier at Target for all I care. But I want them to have a job and I want them to be making, making their own, taking care of themselves, you know, making, paving their own way. Like that's an important thing for me. I don't, I don't mind taking care of someone quote again, air quotes, like in the sense of taking care of them, loving them, serving them, you know, being a partner with them. But I don't want to come into a situation where I'm financially underwriting them. I'm paying off their bills. I'm making, 
you know, I, th- that's not something I, I want moving forward for the rest of my life. I want to have a shared, I want them to have a life. I want them to have a career. I want them to have goals and dreams and all of that. And I will have, you know, I have my goals and my dreams and as, as well. Does that make sense? Again, I've coached a ton of people and, and that's usually on the non-negotiable list. I want someone who's got their own job and their own whatever career. Again, no judgment on what the career is. Doesn't matter. They don't, and they don't even need to be rich. It's, it's not like I'm saying I need someone that makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year. In fact, I'll just say this: I'm going to make it public right now. I think putting a number on it is. I don't know the word for it. I, I don't like. I don't. I get the concept, and I'm not judging. I'm just observing. My opinion on that is, if someone's like, "Well, they have to make at least six figures." I, like why? Why would they have to make six figures specifically? I mean, I've I've known of people that don't make six figures but are extremely frugal and have a lot of money in the bank. Uh, matter of fact, I know a I know a person that's a millionaire and doesn't make six figures a year. So I, I don't I don't know if I like when people put a number on it. Um, but I think as an overall, I want someone who's successful or financially secure. Uh, now again, now again, I'm. This is just me. I'm giving you my opinion. If you're out there thinking, well, I'm turning this podcast off right now because I want to find someone who can take care of me, who can, um, you know, whatever. Hey, <laughs> seriously, no judgment at all. That's totally fine. That just means you'll have to find someone who's financially secure. For example, I, I worked with a client. He's he's a millionaire. He's a very wealthy guy, very successful here in Kansas City, and and we he was my client for, for several sessions. And as we were talking about all this stuff, he said to me, he said, I don't need to find someone who has a lot of money. He's like, I have money. I'm financially secure. I don't need any buddy to contribute to me financially. He said, so I don't, that's not something I require. That's not something that's on my list of non-negotiables. He said, I don't care. Now he did mention, he said, I, you know, I don't want this person in debt and, and, you know, all that. He said, but he goes, I literally don't care what they make. If they make $10,000 a year, but they're able to live on their, you know, on their own or whatever. And that's fine. He he had other things on his list, other things. And he was a religious guy. So he was like, Hey, they got to be a committed Christian and this and that and the other. So again, everybody's list is a little different and you know, you do you boo. I mean, it's like just what, what's, what's important to me or what's important to Joe blow or to Sally Sue. Uh, that doesn't need to be important to you. So the things that I'm sharing are just things that I've heard in general overall, some things that most people seem to really care about. But again, as many people that there are in the world is as many different wants and needs and desires that are out there. All right. So another, some other non-negotiables that I've heard of, um, you know, someone that's done the inner work, uh, someone that's, that's healthy on the inside. This is, this is something that comes up a lot in, in, in my coaching because I've, I've, I, I have taught this way forever and I can't see myself uh, changing my perspective on this. And that's, it's so important for you to be a whole, complete, happy person on your own. 
you know, I'm, I'm not looking for someone to complete me. I'm not looking for someone to make me happy. I'm already happy. And so I don't need anyone to, to make me happy. Uh, I am happy. And, uh, I think that's an important piece. I think it's important to, um, yeah, I, 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 it's very important to a lot of people that I coach that the person that they were, would spend their life with be complete, not perfect, not perfect, but complete and, and not needing, right. Not needing. Uh, now I know for guys, sometimes guys like to be the savior. You know, we like to be the ones that come in and swoop, swoop someone up and, you know, we want to be the hero. We want to play the hero and, and so we often will find charity cases or people down and out and want to come in and rescue them. Again, exceptions to the rule. I'm sure that's worked out before in people's lives where someone came in and at, when someone was at the bottom and helped them rise to the top. I mean, I get it. Again, there's always exceptions to every rule. But, more, but what that means is more times than not, if that's the case, it doesn't work out. It, it doesn't work out to try to, well, you know, he was a drug addict or he's a drug addict, but I'm going to help him recover and get back up on his feet and do all this. We all love those stories of when that works out. Typically that doesn't work out. Some rare times it does. And, and I think we're so hope filled that we always think that we're the ones that's that, but you know, our story is going to be the happy story. And, uh, now, if you're in a marriage with someone like that, of course, you, you do need to go the extra mile and see if you can help them and make it work. I mean, I think that's an important piece uh, of a committed, you know, if you're in a marriage, I think to to go the extra mile to see if you can help this person because you've committed your life to them and they've committed their life to you. Uh, but there does come a point where it, you're no longer responsible. You know, that's that's the thing I think that that living alone has really taught me is I need to be able to take care of myself, stand on my own and be alone and be okay. And when, and only when that happens, could I be okay to be in a partnership? Does that make sense? I think this whole podcast, you could scrap everything I've said, all of it before, all of it after. And that piece I just said is the most important piece that each of us need to be a whole happy person within ourselves to be able to be a whole happy person within a partnership. And gosh, you know, it, it's taken me, it's taken me over a year uh, to get to that place in my life right now where, and I'm still working on myself. I, I'm, I'm, I'm continually working on myself, continually digging into my heart, having conversation, make having conversations, making new friends, engaging in new activities. You know, I'm, I'm really trying to, to take this time that I'm alone and to grow and to challenge myself and to, to be the best version of myself and to, to learn more about me and who I am, what I like, what I don't like, what, what challenges me, what doesn't challenge me, what frustrates me, what makes me happy, what inspires me what, what undermines me? What does that make sense? Oh, I'm yawning. Oh, I'm stretching. Oh. <laughs> oh.
Yeah, I'm, yeah, I need to stretch. Goodness gracious. Have you ever like stretched and, and feel like your muscles are all really like sore? I guess I sat around too much yesterday, which is wild. I was out and about doing stuff. Anyway, uh, right now, like if just to put a visual in your mind, I'm, I'm leaning towards the microphone and my hands are above my head <laughs> as I'm stretching. Oh, feels good. Feels real good. Um, so, okay. Other things that I think that are, you know, non-negotiables or things that we need to be important, you know, that need to be on our list and it's important. I don't know, right? That's for you to decide again. Let me ask you this. So if I was in a coaching session with you, here's what I would say. What is important to you? Okay. And I'm asking, and if you don't have a pen and paper in front of you, I would stop, pause it real quick. Go get a pen and paper real quick. Pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it. Go get a pen and paper. Hurry. I'll wait. Okay. So what is important to you? Write that at the top of the page. What is important to me? Question mark. Okay. Then on the other page, on another page, write my unicorn. Okay. That's the one you're going to write all like if you could order, like literally if you could order a spouse or a partner. Okay. And then one more page, flip it over and put negotiables. And then not too far underneath that. Or if you want to go to the next page, put non-negotiables. So negotiables and non-negotiables. Now, a lot of this is going to be overlapping and some of the same stuff, but it's important to, to do this because, and it's okay to, to put out there what you want, but it, it, but you also have to be realistic. You have to be realistic and define what that means. Like, well, I want someone sexual. Okay, fine. What's that mean? What does that mean to be sexual? And I'm, I'm literally, I, mean, I know you can't talk back to me, but that those are the things you need to write down. What does it mean to be sexual to you? Does that mean oral sex every morning? Does that mean you know, making love every day. Does that mean freaky? Does that mean I get to handcuff you or you get to spank me? <laughs> like what's like, what is <laughs> like, what does that mean to be sexual? Right. What, what does that mean? Again, what I think it means is going to be different than what you think it means. You know, I, uh, <laughs> it's might be, I don't know if this might be TMI. Maybe it is. So maybe I'll shut up, but I will say this. So for me personally, just me personally, I value intimacy and I, I value the intimate connection of, of love, sex, whatever you want to call it. It's hard. It's even hard. So I, I like to call it making love, but sometimes it's clearly not making love. Cause if you don't love someone and you have sex, it's, it's just sex, which is fine. It's sex is beautiful, but I prefer just because of probably my upbringing is, you know, I, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I, it's a more romantic, passionate, loving thing. Of course, you know, I'm not even going to talk about the, the interests that you might have, the, some of the things that are freaky, but different people like different things. Right. And again, <laughs> you know me, I'll talk about whatever in this podcast, but some people, you know, they, they want you to bite down on them or they want you to spank them or they want you to put your hand on their throat or they want you to pull their hair. Or they want you to whatever. I mean, like, you know, I used to find that 
because again, my upbringing, super religious, like all that was bad. Of course, sex was bad unless you were married and then it was maybe okay, but don't get too weird. Like, you know, so I've thrown all that shit out the window. That's all bullshit. Sex is what it is. And people like different things. Now, if you like something because you were abused, then you need to go to counseling and figure that out. But if you like something just because you like it, you know, like if you like a certain position, there's nothing <laughs> inadvertently wrong or evil or anything with liking it rough or liking it from this way or liking it this way or like it in there and like whatever, like everybody likes different things. But what you think is sexual, you need to write that shit down because what you think is sexual and what your future partner thinks is sexual, which needs to be a conversation, may be different. Like to a, one person, sexual just might mean frequency. Like if we're having sex every day, that's being sexual. Well, then to someone else, like uh, sex every day, that doesn't mean sexual. You know, you pouring hot wax on my back. <laughs> that's <laughs> I've never done that, nor have had that done. Doesn't seem to be interesting to me. I'm not into being burned anyway, uh, or, or burning someone, <laughs> not judging, not judging if you're a wax person. All right. So, but right. So what, what is sexual? What is that? What does that look like? How does that, how's that play out for you? What would a sexual, sexually fulfilling relationship look like? I mean, only you can answer that. That, like for real, I mean, I have an answer to that, which I'm not going to share, but I have what I think to me, what is sexual? I, I, I have, I know what that is to me, what that means and what that looks like, but that might be different than someone else. So, you know, when I, you know, have a, a partner and we're getting to that point where we're talking about anything and everything and getting it all out on the table, that's something that I will definitely talk about because that is a non-negotiable. Like that's not like, I'm not going to be in a partnership and not be sexual. Like that's not going to happen. I'm not going to be with someone that's not sexual. I have, I have no interest in a plutonic or nearly plutonic relationship. I, I just don't. And so, um, that's something that needs to be discussed. And, and then some of the other big things, of course, I think sexuality is a big thing. Of course, kids, you know, that, that, that's a big thing, right? If you're younger, um, you would want kids, you know, people like in my age bracket, I don't want any more kids. I'm done. I'm, I'm done, done. Like I can't have kids. I'm fixed. Um, and so, you know, for me to, to be with someone that's like, I want four kids. I'd be like, Oh, <laughs> sorry. We can have fun until then, <laughs> but I can't, I don't, I don't want to do that. I've done my, I've done my, my duty. And, and not just when I say I'm done my duty, kids are a lifelong. I have two kids and they'll be my kids forever and I will be their daddy forever. So that it just is what it is. So I don't want to add to that number unless right now. Well, so you're saying you wouldn't date someone with kids? Well, of course. No, I, of course I would. I mean, hello, duh. I mean, that doesn't, that wouldn't make sense. You know, anytime I talk to people and, and, and they have kids and like, well, I want to date someone without kids. I'm like, no judgment, but that's a little hypocritical. You know, it's like someone that would be obese saying, I want someone that's got rock hard abs. Um, that most likely someone that's fit wants someone to 
also who's fit. Now, not always. There's always exceptions to every rule. We've already talked about this. But for the most part, again, it goes back to someone that's active, typically likes someone who's active. Someone that likes to travel typically wants to be with someone who travels, right? So that all makes sense. And that's very common. And it and it and it's important because uh, again, I I personally want to travel and I wouldn't want to be with someone who would just be a homebody and not want to go anywhere. I already am a little bit of a homebody. You know, I like of course in this day and age, it's kind of what we have to be right now. But uh, I mean, you know, because you can't travel different places right now freely. Um, but is you know as soon as the world opens back up and we can start traveling freely like as much as financially possible i want to travel i want to see the world uh there's a lot of places on my my bucket list which that's another thing if you still have that paper in front of you flip it over and make a bucket list you know what are the things what are the places that you want to see uh what what are the experiences that you want to have and, you know, put those things down. I mean, there's some things that can seem taboo, like I would like to just try this thing once. Well, I mean, write it down. Um, might not, you might not ever experience it. Who knows if the, pl the planets will align for you to, to experience that. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Some people in life uh, either are lucky or make opportunities happen. And so if that's you, I believe that anything that you want, as long as it's, you know, consensual and agreed upon and all that stuff, of course, um, it's possible, right? It's possible if that's your dream and you want to do that, then, you know, start working towards making that happen, figure out a way to, to make that happen so that you can fulfill that dream. So going back to the whole, the whole, uh, unicorn thing, I might have to, this might have to stretch on a little bit over an hour, but, um, the the unicorn thought is is really all about the idea of a good match and here's the second i'm definitely gonna have to do another probably half hour so the the thought on that and this next half hour will be specifically about this topic because giving someone a chance i have learned unless you just know Okay. It, if you go out with someone and it's just, it's a clear no. I mean, you see them and they're like, not their picture or the picture they posted was 20 years ago. And like, there can be certain things that are just an automatic no. Like, I can't get past that. But here's what I've noticed uh, about relationships, especially, especially when you're doing online. I'm going to take a drink of my coffee. Hang on. it's important to remember. So there's a lot of ways that relationships can happen. Okay. I, I do between 80 and a hundred weddings a year. I talk to couples that when I ask them, cause I ask every couple I meet, how did you meet? And some will like mumble, blah, 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 like what? And they'll say Tinder <laughs> or whatever, some online dating. How'd you meet? We worked together. How'd you meet? We met college. How'd you meet? We were knew each other in high school, but never dated. And then, reconnected on Facebook, like whatever, like there's all these different ways that people meet. Right. And there's, is yeah, there's a million different ways. But what I've noticed is because of the online dating deal, part of what's the challenge is it's, it's usually a quick swipe, right. And then a quick something, and then it's a quick no. But if that person was at your workplace and you were working with them, seeing them interact with others and talking them into the water fountain and sitting down for lunch, having casual lunches, 
they could grow on you. All right, so I'm going to be right back. We'll take a short little commercial break. I'll be right back for finishing up this whole talk on finding your unicorn. Okay, and we're back for the final little segment of finding your unicorn. So I have been recently encouraging people to one, you know, calm down, lower your expectations. Don't think that you're going to fall in love at the first date or that it's going to be magical right off the bat and give the relationship time to either not develop or to develop. And this is why, you know, oftentimes you'll hear this when people talk about long distance relationships, that they're the foundation for which um, that relationship was built upon is lots and lots and lots of conversations. That's what has built the relationship. Again, nothing wrong with sex, nothing wrong with being physical. Okay. Nothing wrong with it. Though it does seem to sometimes interfere with getting to know each other. And what happens is rather than getting to know each other, you're just sleeping with each other. You know, it's, it's the we go out to eat, we come home, we get it on. And then that's, that's the, that's the culmination of the relationship. And there's not a lot of talking. That's why it's so important. I think I feel to build a strong relationship before you get into the physical part. Now, before, you know, anybody's like, what, what? I don't always do that personally. I, I, <laughs> I'm just talking about an ideal, right? An ideal situation is to get to know someone and before you're, you're just getting too hot and heavy. Now, if you met and it's just a hookup and that's what it is, and it's just a friends with benefits, then it doesn't really matter. I mean, just do, do you, whatever makes you happy, just do that. But I, I guess mainly what I'm, what I'm probably who I'm talking to then at this moment, like this particular teaching would really be more geared towards someone who is again, looking for the unicorn, looking for the soulmate, so to, so to speak. It's that person that I'm really more giving this, this particular encouragement to, I guess, would be focus on getting to know that person. And yes, getting to know them sexually is important. It really is. Uh, but that can, you know, that can grow with time, just like everything else can grow with time. I just feel like if you weigh them out, getting to know someone their intellect, getting to know their likes, their dislikes, not sexually, but just, you know, getting to know them as a person versus getting to know their physical body. <laughs> I mean, both of those are important, but I feel for those that want a long-term kind of a partnership or eventually marriage, I'm leaning towards the, the former, the, the most important part I think would be getting to know them in every way outside of the sexual part. I'm not saying that you don't do that. Again, please don't 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 misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you never have sex. Just don't make sex the primary. 
get to know the person and from getting to know them, you'll have delightful sex. I think it's what the cart before the horse kind of philosophy. I think if you, I'll tell you what, for sure, a great sex doesn't make for a great marriage, period. End of story. That's a fact. Just like money doesn't make you happy. Okay. Because if that was true, then everybody that was rich wouldn't be unhappy. So clearly that's not true. So it's the same, I think, with sex. Sex is important. Again, I told you, it'd be a deal breaker for me. There ain't no way I'm going to date someone if they're not sexual and willing to share that with me. That's not even, I wouldn't even consider that person. I'm not looking for a platonic relationship. You know, so again, it's very important. It's just not the most important. And I feel that if we were to put things in order of importance, Sex is not number one. And I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that, that if, if that is your number one, like that's you're off base. Uh, again, that'd be like saying uh, money makes you happy. That's the most important thing in life is being rich. That Okay, that might be your most important thing, but that's not that I would say that's also out of balance. Um. So again, I've got to tell you the truth. I'm a coach, right? So it's like I, I try to help people understand the truth. So if if all you have in your relationship is a great sexual connection, then here's what I would tell you. Then great. Then that's what it should be. It should just be a sexual connection, a friends with benefits, a hookup, or like that's, and that's okay. I, uh, in my journey, I've had that. I've had that in my journey. I've had that where someone, you know, we liked each other, but. Uh, I don't think it was going to go to marriage for a lot of reasons because we both were recently divorced. And so it was just, it was just a sexual thing. It was just a physical thing. And it was wonderful, like amazing, wonderful. Uh, But I don't think either one of us were thinking, I want to marry this person. I just, you know, I want to get naked with this person. So again, no judgment. I'm not judging anyone. I'm not, I'm not making, setting down any moral laws here. Uh, Clearly you do you. And, and, and figure it out. I'm just trying to, to encourage you and to speak some wisdom here that if you're looking for a long-term partnership, sex can't be the only thing. Sex is a part of it, a big part of it, but it's not the only thing. So going back to, you know, finding your soulmate or finding your unicorn. Yes. Got to have a sexual connection, but I, I think that the other stuff needs to be, uh, prioritized. And then that to me makes the sex even better. You know, when there's a connection and I like their brain, I like the way they think. I like their emotional makeup. I like their perspective. I like their attitude. I like their whatever. To me, that then leads to dynamic sex or at least right because someone's perspective they want to learn and grow what do you like do you like this do you like when i tickle you there touch you there pinch you here (laughs) like you know you can have all those conversations once there's trust and once there's a, a connection uh emotionally all right i think i may have covered most everything let me rack my brain here real quick before i sign off uh in finding your unicorn okay so yeah i do want to just kind of end with this. It, I, I really do think it's important to spend that time to getting getting to know one another. And unless there's just a big no right off the bat, take the time. 
take the time in getting to know each other. Spend that time talking and spend that time walking through the park. And yes, fine. Sex is great. Fine. But just don't get wrapped up in making that the only thing. And then you forget the whining and dining and the romance and you forget the conversations um, and, and you forget all of that. And I'm telling you, I'm just going to tell you from, from experience that, you know, when, when you have a connection and when you really are getting to know someone's brain and, and that part is working out, the sexual part is, is palatable. I mean, it's, it's, you can feel it on your skin. I mean, it's just, um, like you just can't wait to connect with that person physically when, you know, when there's lots of just talking and getting to know one another and, uh, all that. So, uh, I think that's it. The, the, again, you know, soulmates don't exist, nor does a unicorn, but what I feel like that means and what I've seen that to mean is what I've covered in this podcast, in this particular episode. It's finding someone that there's a connection, okay? There's an attraction, and we're getting to know each other. But then the commonality of what they like, what we like, how we like to live, how they like to live, all that stuff, I think, plays a role in connecting with someone. And here's the bottom line, and, and, and I just want to encourage all of us here. You know, when that connection doesn't happen, just be graceful, be graceful. I know we get uptight and can get our feelings hurt. We can get, you know, it offends us if, you know, our, we're fragile. <laughs> People are fragile, you know. So when you like someone and they don't like you back, you know, it can cause you to lash out. That, to me, that that's a sign that you need to do the more inner work. Like there needs to be more inner work done in your heart so that if one or the other is just not feeling it, that the other person, yes, you can be hurt. Of course, you can express how it hurt you or it disappoints you or you're sad. I mean, of course, well, that's fine. But to then try to shame someone that into loving you or liking you, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, like my mind, I can't wrap my head around that. When I hear stories of someone that tells someone that, hey, they're just not feeling it, and then that person attacks them. I don't, I don't like, I, like my mind that doesn't even compute in my brain. Now, if the person says, I don't like you and I think you're a freaking idiot and you're whatever, like, I mean, if they attack you, I, oh, well, yeah, I can understand getting a little upset, but, but frankly, even then I would, I just would be like, all right, good day. Bye. You know, um, I wouldn't lash back out at someone. I mean, if someone, if someone doesn't like you, then they just don't like you and you know, it just, it's fine. Just let it go. It's totally fine. Um, that someone doesn't like you. Okay. That's again, you've met people that you didn't like them. Um, right. That they've liked you and you didn't like them and you wanted them to be gracious and sweet whenever it didn't work out and you should do the same thing, you know? So, when you're in search of your unicorn, just remember, lower your expectations and not, I'm not saying lower your expectations of what you want, meaning things that you desire, as long as they're reasonable, but lower your expectations of what the first few dates might be. Okay. Just, just kind of go with the flow, chill out, have fun, 
be inquisitive, get to know someone, talk to them. Don't get your feelings wrapped up too quick, too fast, too deep. Just kind of, you know, just get to know somebody. Kind of just chill just a little bit. You know what I mean? Just kind of walk that road. Just don't, 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 don't go too crazy over it. And it'll be, it'll be a happier, more healthy, happy journey. Um, and there'll be less drama in your life. All right, guys. So that's it. Thanks for joining me for the Timmy Gibson show today. I hope that you have a fantastic day. Happy dating. Peace. Peace.